we're back. We are here with our new CEO, Mr. Chris Crutchfield. All right, well, I know I was just about to read your bio, but what were you doing before you was before this? Before you <laughs> That's a good question. Um, so I started out really as a neighborhood attorney on Selby Avenue, and I represented, you know, uh, people who wanted to start businesses or nonprofits or had civil rights issues or who got in trouble with the law. I did that for about 10 years. Um, all while I was doing that, um, and even today, I run an organization called the Underground Railroad, where we bring people out in the woods at night and teach them about the Underground Railroad by taking them out and have them simulate what it's like. Yeah, it's deep. It's deep. We have them deep in the woods. We take them through swamps. And we really talk about notions of freedom and what freedom means and the fact that none of us are here by accident. We're all here because people sacrificed for us to be here. That's something that um, I just really enjoy doing and um, do it with adults and children. We've done it with thousands of people. Um, after leaving private practice, I became deputy director of Ramsey County Community Corrections. And I was really fortunate to be involved in juvenile justice reform. Um, and so like when I started out in 2005, we had about um, 80, six kids, young people every night at our JDC. Today we have 23, right? So we really, really dropped the numbers and really looked at, at justice reform. And then the other thing I did was um, I've, I've been a professor for about 12 years um, teaching law. I was teaching at St. Cloud State, and now I teach paralegals uh, criminal law. Um, but I've put most of that behind me because I've, um, I've joined uh, Ujamaa Place, and I'm really happy to be here. What type of person are you? You know what I'm saying? Outside of the corrections and everything. So basically, like, we have CEOs that sit in their office or they have CEOs that's out more outgoing, that's in, in the field with us and enjoying time with us. You know, we have you out here having casual conversations. Just want to know, like, how much involvement will you have for us? That's a really good question. And... um a lot of times I'm in my office and I hear you all having conversations. I want to get in on them, but I've just, I'm trying to get my feet under me a little bit. And so as a new CEO, um, I'm trying to meet with all of our donors. I need to meet with all of our board members. I need to hire about four people. So I'm running it. I'm doing all different sorts of stuff. And I have all these ideas about what will continue the tradition of Ujamaa. And I feel that, um, but at the same time, I, it's a balance because it's all about the men. Right. And it's all about you all and making sure you all thrive. And so I, I it's so funny because even today I was in my office and I was writing these emails and I was doing this thing with this contract and I wanted to be part of the conversation, but I just couldn't. Um, but I need to more. And I have been, but it's it's I think one of the most important things and one actually one of the most fun and rewarding things about being the CEO or working in Ujamaa is working with the men, doing what I'm doing right now. I just love this. And, you know, I'm when you ask me what sort of a guy I am, I'm a relationship guy. And I know this sounds really stupid, but no one knows, no one cares what you know until they know that you care. And I think it's really, really important that all of our coaches, that Trace, that everyone has a good relationship with all of you because that's how we move forward together. Um, and I really believe in having a tight relationship with a lot of people. And um, that's just kind of how I run my life. So I heard you 
like based off of what you were saying, it seems like you got a good vision. So from my point of view, so from your point of view, what is your vision for the organization? Well, Ujama really has a great history, right? They start out 12 years ago and they've done just some incredible, incredible things. And the theory of transformation is something I believe deeply in. I think it's really, really special. Um, It changes men's lives. And when your life gets changed, it's not like you're by yourself. You're not in a vacuum, right? Because you have a family, you have friends, you have a network, you might have children. And so when you're thriving, you can anchor a whole family. And so by changing a man's life, we're changing not only his life, but the rest of the community. And I, I just, I, I really believe in the vision of, of Jama. That's well said. So you said that you love to work with the Ujamaa men. Can you tell us some things that you could envision us doing for the organization, whether it be in the community or in-house? And what type of things would you like to do with the, the men that we don't do now? Well, the wonderful thing about the organization is you've done so many things that if I say, you know, almost anything that I would like to say, it's happened before, but I'd like to bring some things back. As far as working with men and how to get you involved, my goal, and I, I believe this to my core, is that when I leave, I would like the next CEO to be a, a Ujama man. Um, and as far as doing, you have to lead the way when it comes to things like social media, right? I feel like I'm Fred Flintstone a little bit, if you all know who Fred Flintstone is, right? In the Jetsons world. <laughs> And even, even though I know how to use social media, I think that you all can lead the way in things like that. And in also in telling us what you need and telling us how we can help you make your life better. Because we're all excited by our own ideas. I have lots of ideas, but I need to listen more to what you all are telling me that you need and how our organization can help you. Um, and so you all can, I think, really lead the way in that. And as far as activities, I, I have, you know, we want to get some programming stuff back online. I know we're talking about doing a film programming again, we're talking about doing a music program, uh, 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 nutrition uh, program, financial literacy, all those things. But also, I think there need to be some um, activities, like all of us going to a Twins game, or all of us are, are setting up for a picnic, or all of us, I love to fish. I would love to get a, a pontoon and all of us just spend the day fishing and maybe frying up some of the fish. I mean, those sort of things where we can build those relationships between the men and the coaches and me and the men and the coaches, um, and not just the coaches, but the other friends of Ujama. And I think that those things are really, really important. Any chance you'll be incorporating more housing and employment opportunities? <laughs> Absolutely. And so a couple things. I want to expand the housing that we have, so more units, but then I want to look at deeper issues around housing and how we get um, people into uh, apartments. But my vision, and I know this sounds crazy, but I would like to talk about home ownership, right? I would love, there's a, there's a, an organization called the Rondo Community Land Trust where they help, they help um, people get into land trust houses. I would really love to partner with them and get some Ujamaa from from housing here into an apartment here, into full-time owning of a house. That would be just a beautiful thing because, again, 
you all know, if you own a house, you don't just live there by yourself, right? You can start a family or you can have relatives come. It becomes a, a, a center for your family. And it also becomes a wealth center too because you're not paying somebody else rent, but you're paying your mortgage and you're building wealth that way. Mm-hmm. So yes, um, and then as far as employment is concerned, there yes, and I, I think that it, it has to do with um, partnerships because like, for example, we met with the state fair and that was wonderful. It's a great thing. It looks like we're gonna have some jobs out of that and that's really, really good. And I want to springboard that and say, what are careers for men? Um, We met with 3M and they said, hey, we have a program where we do high-tech manufacturing. You don't need a college degree, but you do need to get a certificate from St. Paul College. And then they have all these high-tech manufacturing jobs, right? That's a career. That's something that I'm I'm interested in getting the men involved in. Um, Also, Things like their own business, like if you can get a CDL, if you can get a Class A driver's license, you can drive one of the big over-the-road trucks. And you can drive for yourself and you work as much or as little as you want. But now going back to what Jay said, how can how can the men, you all need to lead the way because, you know, you may just, you may not want to do construction or drive, you may want to drive for Uber, right? You may want to do DoorDash or you might want, there are, you need to tell me and we need to work together on what your employment can look like. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, froze up there for a second. Don't ask me to sing. Dogs will be howling. Glass will break all over. Man. <laughs> Man. How you get how you jump and catch your attention? <laughs> well, um about twelve years ago a friend of mine named John said, hey, come have breakfast with me at Magnolia's over in the east side. And he said, we're starting this organization that's going to work with African-American men, and I wanted to tell you about it. And we talked about Ujama Place and talked about it, and and I was just glad to see it start. And I've at the county, I worked hard to try and partner with the organization. I tried to get them contracts. I would go to the breakfast. I'd bring my children, my family, to all the breakfasts. So I've been a, I've been a, a, a friend for a long time because I really believe in the miss, mission because the mission is about you all. And if it's about you all, it's about me, right? Me, we, we're all together in this. And um, so then when I got word that Otis was thinking of retiring, it, it hurt my heart because I love Otis. And Otis has been, I mean, he's done so many good things for this organization and um, I sat down with him and went and had a, a hamburger. I shouldn't be eating hamburgers. And uh, <laughs> I, need to have, I need to have the salad, right? But uh, we sat down and we talked about it. And um, we talked about continuing his vision and what the organization could be. And I just got really excited about it. So what, after, after being in here for, uh, what has it been, a month? It's been a month. What would you like to change about the organization? You know, I thought a lot about this question, right? And I think um, you Ujamaa men have faced different challenges than Ujamaa men did 12 years ago or heck, even in 2019 before COVID. You have different challenges. And I want to make sure that our program really meets the needs of those challenges and helps you with those barriers. 
Um, and we need a program that meets you where you're at and helps you with what's going on in your life. And also, there's also delivery, right? Again, I'm Fred Flintstone, but can we have a new JAMA app, right? How do we how do we work and interact with with you all in a way that that works best with you, that's most effective, and that's 21st century. Yeah, I think we 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 gonna we gonna prefer the the face to face. That's always get better that way. All right, um, good. I know I know a lot of us got it. Old souls in here. A lot of you drama men. I think, uh, you know, a lot of them come from incarceration as well. And a lot of us come from different uh, backgrounds, like foster care. You know, never know. We didn't have the luxury of those. But for some people, I think the phones who don't really can't, who really trying to get their life together and, you know, trying to do other things, they can't make it to the class so they can't sign a paper on that sheet for the, you know, get what they benefits they need sometimes for them. I think that would be a great direction to go. Yeah, we're going to leave it all to Reese until um, it comes back to me. But I have something I want to say about that. You're right. And I also think that, and this is something else when you talk about, um, I think that Ujama men have had to deal with a lot of trauma in their lives. Real, Some of them really, really bad. Right? Um, you can't be in foster care without dealing with trauma. You cannot be locked up in a jail or a prison without experiencing trauma. And I think that a lot of us, and I'm not just talking about you, me too, we all carry trauma. And so that's uh, uh, something with program I really want to recognize and work with and make this a trauma. They call it the, the, the fancy word is a trauma-informed organization. But basically that means that we just acknowledge that we all have dealt with trauma and that we talk about it and work with it. We don't, that doesn't condone anything, but that what it does is it does acknowledge and really kind of put a name to the hurt that we've had as in our younger years and even today. And, and that's a face-to-face thing. And it's a really, really important thing we need to do. Mm-hmm. And while you was talking my question, you huh? remembered yeah, <laughs> it sure came by, back. By the um, way, that's the way you can tell if you're old versus if you're young. If you're young, it comes right back. Yeah. And sometimes if you're older, it doesn't come back till late at night. Oh, yeah, you remember. <laughs> yeah, see, all right. So, I mean, I ain't, I'm trying to say this as, as simple as possible. Trust me, trust me. But it's going to sound so crazy. But it's just like, it's kind of thinking along the lines of, um... This is a male organization. Every female organization or most female organizations, when they're housing or doing anything, they get, um, in this male housing, you can't have the kids. And I feel like if Ujama is so big on family and the fathers do have kids, they should also be welcomed as well within the housing. How would you feel about making a fight for that to happen because it's a lot of brothers that have to give up their situation that they have with you, John, that's very good due to the fact that they have a child. See, in a woman's world, that's, that's, that's really not a concern, but in a man's world, any organization, 
or a nonprofit organization has that issue where the male cannot be a part of the child's life or the child cannot be a part of the male's life in some way, form in that housing. And I feel like that's pushing the agenda. And I want to know, like, is it some way we can get a hold of that? Boy, that's a big question. Um, and I, you know, I was talking to somebody earlier today who was saying there are so many programs out there for single mothers and women, and there are very, very few programs out there to help black men. Um, and part of being a man is being a father and is being a parent. Um, I don't know if the current housing structure would allow a man to have children, but that doesn't mean as we look at expanding our housing, look at expanding it to a house where children would be allowed. And I, I, I think it's really, really important that a child have a father that's active and that they get a chance to spend not just a couple hours here or there, but they get to spend significant time with their, with their children. Um, and I was a single dad, so I, I, I'm right there. Um, Having said that, I don't, I don't think it can happen in the housing we have right now, just because of how it's set up. But that doesn't mean that as we look at expanding housing, which is something we're looking at, that we don't look at having a, a, a child-friendly house for some of the men. That's a great question. I'm glad you brought that up. In due time, we shall see. So, I mean, my question is, do you have a passion for what you do? And if you do, what inspired you to push the passion you wanted to do? I do have a passion for this. And I wouldn't be here if... I'm too old to do stuff I don't have passion for anymore. You know? Um, and I've had a passion for it for a long time. It started even before I was an attorney doing the Underground Railroad. Um, but I think that... Black men have a voice, and it's a strong voice, and it's a beautiful voice, and for too long it's been silent. And I also think that there are, there are geniuses, and there are athletes, and there are scientists, and there are poets, and there are, I mean, we have all this talent. Black men have all this talent, and it feels like it's just been pressed down and if we would only if we could only get a chance I think it could come out and it could change the world and I think it already is changing the world but I mean if you think about it black men drive culture we drive clothing culture we drive music culture we drive saying if 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 you all have a saying you just wait five or six years and you'll hear everybody saying it right we, we drive all that culture amongst all this oppression. And I believe that giving, uh, giving men a chance to succeed and thrive, the sky's the limit. The sky's the limit. And I'm passionate about that. What would you say is something about the culture here at Ujamaa Place that, you, that pulls you in? If you were someone that is a stranger or didn't know the organization, what would be something that you see here that would pull you in? That's a great question, Jay. I think the magic of Ujamaa is black men talking to black men about black male stuff. Nowhere else is doing that. I mean, real, real talk. Men talking to other men. And 
I think that that's it, it's highly it's it's magical, it's effective, and it really is what sets Jama apart. Since you've been here, have you have any like in depth one on one encounters with any of these Jama men? Absolutely. Um, I've and, and what do you say? What sort of encounters? In depth, as far as like to get to know where you jump. Absolutely. Um, uh, several. Uh, I had I had actually a couple. I had a formal meeting with Jay and his partner, but I've had I don't know four or five men come to my office and we just shut the door and we talk and talk and talk until I have to go. I usually have a meeting about once an hour, but we've had pretty good meetings and pretty good talks about their life and what's going on and how they ended up where they are. You know, one of the things we talked a lot about is um, a couple of men came straight from foster care into homelessness. And that, to me, is just a, an absolute shame that you go from, you graduate, um, one guy was telling me he graduated from high school and slept in his car that night because he was all done. They are, they're all done. And that that's, that, that's heartbreaking, but it's really also um, good getting to know the men and you know, hearing how he bounced back, it was really, um, it was also heartwarming to hear where he's come and how, how he's how he's come away from that and is doing well now. So, Chris, I heard you mention about the Underground Railroad earlier, and, you know, we have Juneteenth coming up, so I want to ask you, what does that mean to you? Besides good barbecue? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry, seriously, um... I love you. It's like the 4th of July. It's like our 4th of July. Because when the 4th of July happened, guess what? We were slaves, right? They were they were celebrating their independence while enslaving us. So Juneteenth is our independence day. It's our 4th of July. It To me, it's a day to celebrate our freedom, but to also acknowledge slavery and acknowledge how they didn't even tell those folks that they were free. So it's celebrating freedom, but also acknowledging the horrors of slavery and the fact that it was two years until they told those folks that they were free. They kept them in bondage for two years, which is, it just blows me away. And it, it's acknowledging our freedom, but understanding it's a limited freedom that, that we still have to fight every day to enjoy all the freedoms that were promised by the constitution. We'll see it. We'll see it. Well, Mr. Mr. Chris Crutchfield, our new CEO, we appreciate you for taking the time to have this conversation with us. We Where's my cash? They told me I was getting cash. <laughs> we don't hey, we don't even get cash. Wait man. a minute. I'm just playing. I appreciate you uh I appreciate you joining us and hopefully we can see you again. That'd be great. I'd love to come back. You guys do a I really I'm impressed. You all do a phenomenal a phenomenal job. Appreciate it. All right, there we have it for this episode right here. Um, Chris, Mr. Mr. Crunchfield, Mr. Chris Crunchfield, our new CEO, Ujama. It was good to have you on here. Thank My you. people's in the back. Where y'all at? Where y'all at? Where y'all at? Right here. I'm right, right here. here. Right here. Right here. Right here. But nah, I just want to say I appreciate you. You said some good points, hit some keynotes. We appreciate that. Yeah, it was nice meeting you, Mr. Crunchfield, and I can't wait to talk to you some more. Yeah, come on by. Come on by my office. Most definitely. Hey, y'all do a phenomenal job, really. Really, you do a great job. Thank you. Appreciate we it. Appreciate it, and hopefully see you again in the next season or seasons to come, and, uh, and, we, and we out. A very wholesome moment. Ujama Place serves the most marginalized population in society. 
primarily African-American men ages 18 to 30, providing holistic transformation for men experiencing inequity at the intersection of race and poverty. Ujama plays helps them achieve brotherhood, stability, and personal success. Join us for an info session Wednesday at 10.30 a.m. For more information, visit ujamaplace.org.